Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Steelers Draft Talk. I'm your host, Steelers DB. With me is my good buddy, Nick Martin. Uh, last week, NFL Combine, so I had to take a week off. I was in Indianapolis covering that live, you know, while Nick was, you know, helping us cover that virtually for the site. Um, incredibly interesting week uh, for the Combine, for sure. It was awesome getting to the chance to talk to some players, um, you know, as well as like pick up some stuff um, from some teams like while we we're in Indianapolis, too. But we got a special episode for you guys tonight. Um, we are going to talk about uh, we're going to kick off our positional rankings. So we're going to start with tight ends. Um, and then, you know, we're going to do this every week leading up to the draft where we're going to, you know, pick a position. We're going to give you guys like our top players at that position, you know, break those guys down, what they do well, what they don't do well. Um, and then we'll just we'll just kind of keep the ball rolling. So give you guys a good um you know, depiction of how we, you know, kind of see each position group as we kind of move forward here. But Nick, first off, how are we doing, brother? Oh, man, I'm doing great. The week after combine week is always great because you're going back to the film to watch guys that you haven't, you know, you may not have seen the testing or maybe something surprised you like Rashawn Johnson running a four, five, nine, but having a one, five, two split kind of uh, cha- was kind of like I was like, did I, did I overestimate like the initial burst is like his long speed, you know, you go, you know, stuff like that. You, you go back to watch the, watch the film for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, like like we talk about the athletic testing and that, that portion of the process, it matters. Like, even if like people like, you know, shake their head and say like, you know, it's overrated, this and that, like it matters, you know, it gives you some, you know, disqualifiers, like where you can kind of throw guys out of the NFL pool because they're just not, you know, NFL athletes, um, but, you know, still, you know, tape is king. Like, we're, I know you feel the same way that I do. You know, if, you, if you're surprised by stuff on tape, you know, it's time this week, you know, after the testing to go back and see, like, what did, what did you miss? Like, you know, and there's also times, too, like, where people, like, will test, like, incredible athletes. I mean, there was several players um, where I felt like would test well, but, like, maybe, like, it's not consistent on tape or I didn't feel like they played that fast or vice versa. Um, you know, that kind of showed that in Indianapolis, you know. But – some interesting guys for sure. It, it was it was an awesome experience getting to cover the combine again. It was my second year, so um, that's definitely one of my favorite things I've ever gotten to do, like professionally. So um, let's jump into this. So again, first uh, position group we're going to go with is the tight end class. I'll just kind of give like my broad overarching thoughts of the group as a whole. Um, I really like it. I I mean I don't know if I would say it's great, but it's very very good. This is a group that I see. As of right now, I see about six or seven guys that I think have like tight end one type of potential at the next level, which is definitely more than like we typically get um, in any given draft class. But there's, you know, four or five guys that I really, really like as prospects. And, you know, there's even a lot of guys um, that are going to go, you know, late day two, early day three that I've seen bits and pieces of maybe not like full three games plus for me to necessarily put a grade on them. Um, but guys that I definitely think can contribute, you know, whether it's like, you know, tight end twos or developmental pieces um, in a room. But this is definitely a good year to like need a tight end. There are, you know, we're going to talk about these guys, but there's definitely different archetypes uh, for the position too, depending on what you want. You know, if you want blockers, you want inline guys, you want move guys, you want receivers, you want red zone threats. There's a guy in this class that you can probably fall in love with. So a ton of variety. Even yeah, going and to I, I love to that. Those are my favorite classes. Like even you know, some people will say like, well, you know, maybe this class doesn't have like a Kyle Pitts. That's probably true. I don't necessarily. Um, I don't have anybody graded in that same realm with like where Pitts was for me a couple years ago. Um, and I we rarely see like tight end prospects like that anyway, or I I do anyway. But. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's a really good class. I, I've really enjoyed studying tape on these guys. And, um, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, kind of where your rankings are, get your thoughts. And so we can give you guys an accurate depiction of, you know, where we guys, where we think that these guys win, where they lose, where they have to improve and, you know, kind of what we expect from them at the next level. So, um, yeah, give, give us your thoughts, like just overarching on the class before I let you like start off with your rankings. Oh man, this is one of the fun. This is one of the most fun uh, groups of tight ends of I've got I've scouted like just in my time of watching NFL tight, you know, just watching prospects uh, in general. The thing about this tight end group, you, you talked about it. The variety is so impressive, but there's so many athletes, even going down to like the day three area, something that many people don't 
understand is a lot of these tight ends underperform in college because these quarterbacks and these schemes do not prioritize, you know, focusing the tight end as like the primary receiver. So you guys, so you'll have guys who are really impressive athletes and can catch the ball well, but they just don't do it because their quarterbacks can't see over the middle of the field or they, or they're, or the tight ends, just one of the late progressions in the play. Like it's just, it's very constant. And that's one of, you know, going to this tight end group, like it's just insane how, how many tight ends I can, I can say could be future starters or, could be just absolutely monsters in like 12 personnel sets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, and just like one more thing for me too. definitely agree with like a lot of what you're saying in terms of like, you know, trying to pick out the traits um, and trying to separate like what's in these guys control and what's out of their control, you know, just because they didn't do something in college doesn't mean necessarily that they can't do it. We say that all the time. Kate but, on last you year know, was a huge example. Right. Um, you know, trying to pick that stuff out, that's like your job as an evaluator, as an analyst to try to figure um, those things out. And I just think tight end, I would say like the tight end class in general, I don't know how you feel necessarily about this before we get into the rankings, but um, I think the tight end class in general is probably the second best position group or the one that I'm most excited about behind the cornerback class. Just as like a spoiler, like I absolutely love this cornerback class. Maybe like, I'm not sure that they'll have any, there will be anyone in this class that gets like tops the grade necessarily that I gave, you know, Andrew Booth, um, Sauce Gardner, or Derek Stingley, because I was really high on those guys last year. But, um, you know, I think overall, like there's, you know, I mean, there's as many as like seven guys that I think legitimately could go around one in this class, not necessarily how I have them graded. But, and I also think like it's probably the deepest position group too um, in the draft. But aside from that, like tight end is probably the, the position I'm like next most excited about. Um, I, I, do you feel like kind of a similar way? Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, the, the fun part about this, um, is the, with the tight ends in the, in the corners. Some people talk about the edge group, as we saw, like they tested extremely strong, but I really like this quarterback class overall. Like, I think it's a really strong group, especially in the third, like, like the tier three range. There's a lot of guys there's some guys that you could develop down the line. And then there's some guys who can be really good spot starters. Like it's good at the top. It's good in between. And I, I think that's one of those it's rare, groups. rare for yes. quarterbacks. I'll say that. Like, yes. you know, I haven't, you know, even dove like super deep, like I've watched all the top guys, like four, four or five guys, like three games, but you guys have heard, if you're, you know, sub to the channel, like you guys heard like my quarterback analysis a lot last year, just because the Steelers were going through that process. But um, for me, like, it's like, if I'm like really ranking quarterbacks like the way that I want to, like I have to basically watch every game just because, you know, there's just so much that goes into scouting quarterbacks. And that's re- honestly like I'm relieved that I don't have to do that this time. So, uh, you know, it, it was fun last year. I, I did not like last year's class at all, but I'm glad that I don't have to do that. But I'll still like want to dive into three, four of these um these games of, you know, some of the prospects that I've heard you say good things about on Twitter or whatever. So interested to hear you say that. Um, all right. So let's kick this off. Uh we're going to start from five and then go down the list uh, for you guys. And just talk about, you know, strengths, weaknesses, stuff like that. So um, give me a number five tight end. So I'm going to give you my honorable mention first, because okay. uh, I feel like he's a little too hard to not leave, you know, to leave out is Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan had really good shrine week. Most productive season this year um, in his last season at a college at Michigan. He's a guy who has underrated nuance in terms of being able to manipulate zone leverage and just, you know, finding soft spots within zone. But he's an incredible, you know, he's a way better athlete than he got credit for. Mm-hmm. And he tested really well at the combine. Like he ran like, I think like four, six, five, I believe. And that's extremely good for his size around like six, five two fifty. you know, Schoonmaker has one of those arguments to be one of the best blockers like considered in this tight end class. And I think the fact you can, you can get an athlete like that while also having a great blocker. And he's not even, he might not be even like in top five rankings is actually insane. So, you know, I wanted to mention Scootmaker first, but um, number five for me is Sam Laporta from Iowa. And he has a chance to go up more as I, as I get a little more film on him. I've watched good amount of him. I've watched like enough of him to know that he moves exactly like a receiver. And when I watched him live, I actually mistook him for a receiver because they had him out wide so often. 
and like you know you see him making like these stutter steps off the line like he's giving a foot fire against press coverage like moves so well and it really showed up in his three cone and his short shuttle i think it was like a six nine three cone drill which is bonkers for a tight end maybe not for his size it might be a little but it's still pretty solid overall and like laporta i think if you're talking about upside as a receiving weapon that's the type of guy that like teams are going to want to get their hands on. Like you've seen it constantly from Iowa guys like George Kittle, who had upside as receivers, but weren't as utilized, you know, guys like Dallas Clark, who were fair, you know, end up being very productive pros. There's something about the school of Iowa. They just find these tight ends. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. Like I, I, I really enjoy, I really enjoy watching Iowa tight ends. And while Laporte is not the blocker, you know, that Hawkinson was or or uh, George Kittle was, uh, there's plenty of good traits to go around with him. And I think he can be serviceable enough as a blocker that you can feel good about him as a receiver enough to keep him on in line a good, a good, a good amount of the time. Yeah, so um, definitely have, you know, a lot of the similar thoughts on Laporte. I'll, I'll get to him kind of when I get to him, but he is in, inside my top five. My number five tight end is actually Tucker Craft from South Dakota State. So this is a guy, it was a little bit difficult for me to find like all 22 film on him. But, you know, I, I went through, you know, six, seven games that I could find just like broadcast uh, or targets. You know, I try to get that aspect of it, too. But kind of run through some notes um, on Craft. But, you know, he another guy like this tight end class, you'll see the theme here. But, you know, really good athlete. I think he came in at the combine, um, almost 6'5", 254 pounds, um, tested like an elite athlete. He had a 9.58 uh, relative athletic score. You guys will probably hear us reference that a lot. It's a really good tool from uh, Ken Lee Platt on Twitter. Uh, and mock draftable, you know, the spider yeah, webs. Both really, good pro- both really good tools for like, you know, trying to find comparisons. They're just like testing guys against each other. But, um, you know, extremely good athlete. Um, I'll just kind of run down my – notes on him you know Kraft obviously playing with South Dakota State he played with you know Chris Oladokin and Pierre Strong uh last year and you know was unfortunately hurt a little bit this year so he missed some time and you know even though the competition's obviously weaker he stood out in a big way you know when I'm looking at like small school guys like that um you have to absolutely look like a dude um because the competition around you is just not that great and like I, I really felt like Kraft like stuck out on tape I didn't need to know what number he wore before I started watching his tape to really like figure out that he was the NFL prospect on that offense and that's good um you know the offense that he played in tried to get him the ball in a lot of different ways so you know you'll see him you know get you know play extra bootlegs to the flat where they can utilize him as a ball carrier um you'll see him stretch the field you'll see him like work in the slot he could work in line um using a variety of different ways and he was very clearly you know their number one option and i that's something that i really care about um just in terms of like trying to project what this cap- person's capable of doing at the next level um he's a really fun player to watch like after the catch like he can make guys miss he can run through arm tackles um Definitely not a guy that typically goes down on first contact, will fall forward to create yards after um, yards after contact as well. I think the way that I best like him is like up the seam, man. Like he has so many good highlights, just like running up the seam. Um, And I just, I think he's awesome. You know, the body control, he's really comfortable working in the middle of the field. Um, He, uh, one of the things I like too, like he adjusts uh, to poorly throwing footballs with good body control. So like going to the ground, like throws that are behind him, like he just seems natural in that regard. Whereas like, you know, tight ends, that's not typically uh, always the case, even like good ones. Um, And I think he has strong hands as a run blocker. He can be an asset when working like off the ball. So um, there, there's some uh, two way kind of upside with craft, even if I think he's a little um, he's got some ways to go as a run blocker. Um, some of the things that I didn't really necessarily like, I thought that he played a little high sometimes as a run blocker and like caught defenders, gave, gave up his chest, like let guys get into him. That's not a huge deal at his level because like he's bigger, faster, stronger than everybody, but it will be at the next level, like where, you know, you're facing bigger, better athletes. So yeah. obviously competition, that's going to be a noted thing for like throughout the process. Like people are going to have to get comfortable with that. I thought his temperament as a blocker was a little hot and cold. Uh, you know, some reps, like he really freaking bought, brought it, was trying to bury people. And then other reps, I just feel like he was kind of just out there kind of going through the motions, some drops, body catching, 
it's catching techniques all over the place. That's something I knew that uh, I'm sure that you saw too, but because yeah. um, I know you focus on that even more than I do, but drops like clapping at the football, just not like guiding stuff in, like not using the diamond, just clapping at it, um, letting balls hit the dirt. So that was something uh, I want to see him work on. But overall, like just as a full disclosure, like all five of these guys that I'm going to talk about um, in depth, like all of them are top 50 players on my draft board at, at the moment that I'm still like, obviously crafting, got a lot of guys to get to, but um, I really think that all five of these guys, I'm going to talk about like either will or should go off the board, like by the end of the second round. So um, but yeah, yeah I, I like, I like Tucker craft a lot. I think he's going to have a lot of fans throughout the league for sure. Um, so, all right. Number four, um, who's your number four tight end? My number four tight end is Darnell Washington, which might seem like a bit of a hot take. So I was a little shocked about his testing, particularly with mm-hmm. the 20 yard shuttle where he had put up a four Oh eight, which is actually the most absurd thing I've ever seen for, from any sort of testing. He also had that like ridiculous one handed catches in, in like, you know, the fade that was, re- that was really awesome. But the big thing with me with Darnell Washington if you have your primary tight end already, I think if you really want to just absolutely own teams up front and just and you play a ton of 12 personnel, like maybe like the Ravens or the Chiefs, a team like that would get the most out of Darnell Washington because Darnell Washington is basically an extra offensive lineman as a, as a, as a, as a blocker in regards to his technique. I mean, sometimes it's not perfect, but the thing about him is he could barely be moving his feet and he'll move up. He'll, he'll, he'll move a guy further back than like most people who are like constantly firing their feet. And I just think he just has such impressive leg drive. Like he's so strong in the lower body. One of the big differences between him and Jelani Woods of last year, Washington is so thick, like in his legs, he just gets so much power as a blocker. It's actually insane. You can use him as a seam buster, especially because, you know, he has those long gliding strides. I I saw a lot of people who are really surprised about his 40 time. I wasn't surprised in that regard because Darnell Washington can really honestly, like he can glide. The big thing with me with Washington, I don't feel like he was very nuanced as a receiver. I think he has huge problems clapping on the football for a guy with such big hands. And I think that's a huge issue that you see because a lot of times when he goes outside of his frame, he could come down with some of these, you know, these, a lot of these harder catches, but he's constantly got his hands like too wide. I'll show, like, I'll show you if your hands are like wide like this and you're almost like, you know, coming in on the ball and clapping it, you know, it's going to hit your palms. It's going to spin up and it's going to, you know, it's going to be incomplete. But if you have your hands closer together, you know, you keep your, you keep your your fingers like closer together like you're able to slow the spin of the ball down and that's something that Darnell Washington he does at times but it's really not it's more flashes than it is his norm so it's something I want to see him improve upon but for teams like if they play a lot of 12 personnel obviously Darnell Washington's going to be a lot higher on their board versus other teams I, per- I kind of want to go back and watch uh, the film on him a little more because the 408 shuttle really did surprise me. And I did think while he could sink down pretty well for his size, I thought he did late, like lumber a bit like in his routes. So I'm curious to see if there's more upside there than I initially thought. So definitely feeling tentative about Darnell Washington right now. But in 12 personnel, that guy's going to be a beast. Yeah, this was this was probably I didn't expect this, but this is where um, my rankings I thought were gonna get extremely difficult. Um, my number three and number four player, to be honest, like I was even going back and forth on these guys um, just in the past, you know, like twenty minutes before we jumped on the pod because I I still really don't know how I feel. So um, you know, th- this may not be like my final ranking with these two guys, but um, you know. Washington was three for me, um, and I, I'll, I'll kind of go back to back with these guys real quick, uh, mm-hmm. just because like I, I view them obviously very different as players, but I, I definitely um, have them in the same kind of um, tier, I guess, to where I would be comfortable like taking taking them. So, um, just in terms of like number my number four tight end, it's Sam Laporta. 
I was blown away. Like probably one of my favorite watches of this entire cycle. Absolutely blown away by his film. Um, totally not what I would have expected. I do not watch a lot of Iowa football through the year. Um, you know, I had seen Jack Campbell film, but obviously he plays defense. So this is really my first exposure. First thing, Laporta, absolutely the best player on that offense. Like it's very obvious that, you know, he is the dude over there and he's not surrounded by very much. Um, I don't think the quarterback play was very good. With that being said, a wide variety of alignments, you know, he lines up in the slot, out wide, yeah. um, in line. A lot of out wide sl- snaps in the games that I watched, like they were literally flexing this dude out as an ex receiver and like, I thought he was a receiver the, at first. Yeah, isolating this dude on the backside of three by one sets, like absolutely incredible. But asked to do a lot of different things in the run game, you know, set the edge, um, insert as a tight end, backside cutoff. Um, he's athletic enough to run away from defenders on outbreaking routes, can defeat press coverage with quickness and physicality. Really liked um, some of the press coverage rips I saw like with him isolated on the outside um, very unique mover um, with the ball in his hands after the catch uh, I thought he does a really good job varying his tempo and his routes to defeat leverage um, you know he will slow play things get guys moving one way and then cross their face um, you know hand placement as a blocker was solid you know he does a good job like keeping his hands uh, inside and tight the cuts the way this dude moves like whether his you know, when he's running routes, they're like, um, even as like a ball carrier, they're just different for a tight end. Like he moves different. I feel like than anyone in this class, like, um, Luke Musgrave gets a lot of praise for like how athletic he is. And I think like he may be like more straight line fast, um, at least on tape than that guy like Laporta. But I feel like the way that he moves is very unique for a tight end. He can create separation at the break point. Um, there's examples of him in the run game, like running his feet and generating torque from his hips, um, which is something that I really like just in terms of, I think there's maybe some untapped upside there. Um, some of the things that kind of concern me about his tape, I just think the hands are fine. They're just really inconsistent. I wish he was more consistent at the catch point. Um, you know, not only, you know, and just when he's open, there's some drop issues, but like he also doesn't necessarily like overwhelm guys like in contested catch situations. He's an effort blocker, but I wouldn't necessarily call him a good one. And like there's just times where it just feels like he's coming off the ball and he has no idea what his assignment is on the play. Um, but really like Sam Porter. Like I, I think I'm higher on him than the consensus. I, I no, I think I tweeted you or I think I texted or DM'd you or whatever. And I was, after I watched this film this week, and I was like, why are we not talking about this dude as a top twenty <laughs> prospect? Because I'm like still seeing him getting mocked, like in like the 80s and 90s and hundreds on like mock drafts that people send me on Twitter. And I'm like, dude, what in the world? Like, dude, no, it's there crazy. are not 50. There are absolutely not 50 guys in this class that I've watched. I mean, I've I've watched a lot of prospects. I mean, I still have a lot to get to, but. Watched a lot of prospects, not 50 guys yeah. in this class, but that. So he's definitely a guy that like I particularly really like. And uh, he may be like number three uh, for me. I, I would flip flop these guys, but I'll just kind of real quick go to Darnell Washington. We view him like really similarly. So um, I think, you know, Washington, it all starts with that unbelievable frame. I mean, the, the six, seven, 270 pound frame is unbelievable. Um, the upside is there athletically. Um, he tested even better than I thought he would. I thought he would test well, but um, long strider does really good. Um, you know, up the seam, he has some body control to him. He's not like a clunky athlete um, for his size, even though he's definitely like a unicorn in that regard. But, you know, can adjust the throws, back shoulders. Um, Georgia, it felt like really the most of the time, like when they actually like trusted him to do stuff was, um, you know, getting him the ball in the flat and like letting him just kind of go to work after the catch. Like there's just that unbelievable reps where he's like catching the ball in the flat and then running away from guys. Like I, there was one or where uh, I think it was against Missouri where he catches the back shoulder. He's running away from a linebacker and then, uh, he hurdles the safety at the end of the play. And I'm just like, what am I watching right now? So, um, he's definitely a unicorn for the position, uh, can dunk on smaller defenders. You know, he doesn't have like the greatest like, vertical, but he's just so freaking long. It's unbelievable as a run blocker, like legitimately like tight, like offensive lineman type reps. Like sometimes like the hand placement might not be like always as consistent as I would like it, but, um, strength to just overpower smaller defenders like edge guys he could base block like he could seal off um defensive linemen um georgia there were even times where like he freaking was used as a pass blocker like a legitimate extra tackle and i saw him win reps against sec level edge defenders yeah so just 
very unique, like not a guy that you ever see coming out of college just with this type of like upside as a blocker. Um, some of the things that concern me, I, the catching technique's not as good. Um, I, I've seen reps on Twitter. Like it's not as good as I initially noted in my scouting report. I just – there's there's no production like it really as a receiver. He just, he just wasn't used like that in Georgia, at Georgia. They do have Brock Bowers, a lot of weapons on that offense. Like how – I know a lot of that has to probably do with that, but it's like – is he ever going to be a guy that can really take on that much volume as a, as a pass catcher, which I think kind of limits his upside. I just, I, and I could be wrong. I got, I don't know. Um, I still really like him. I just, I don't know what the upside is as like as a receiver. I don't definitely don't think he's ever going to develop into a route runner. Uh, like you said, just kind of a little bit, not necessarily stiff, but like just not natural, like getting in and out of his breaks. Um, but you know, Washington, man, I mean, it's, He's going to come in and be like a tight end two type of player who's going to be a strong, strong asset in the run game or as a blocker with the eventual hope that you could develop him into like a true number one tight end, like receiving option. And even if he doesn't get there, the floor is so incredibly high. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Two guys that I really like, though. I, this class is just ridiculous. Dude, um, is so that was Washington was number three for me. Um, who, who's number three for you? Luke Musgrave uh, from Oregon State. So, interesting lot, yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of mixed opinions on him. Uh, something I kind of noted with him uh, going down to Senior Bowl week, I thought his blocking technique actually was improving in terms of his hand placement. Keeping he had a good feet. week at the Senior Bowl. I yes. will say that. Yes, and I'll say this about him: he only had those two, you know, those two games. He was extremely productive in like mm-hmm. the regular season in those games. He wasn't. You know, it looked like he was on his way to being utilized as a primary option. Agreed. He reminds me a lot of former Browns tight end Jordan Cameron from, if you remember him back in the day, like, and what he did with Kyle Shanahan, like that ability to just be able to sink his hips and just like how you can re- like something about Luke Musgrave is I, I think he's straight line fast, but I think he, I think he's one of those guys that he starts out fast in his in his movement like he doesn't it doesn't take him long to get up to top speed him and tucker craft like had like 80 per, like 84 86 percentile 10 yard splits in their 40 yard dash musgrave is a guy that like his drop percentage throughout the like throughout his career is really high but it's because a lot of it was early on in his career so if you go down, like, you know, you look at like his percentages, like it was going down. He was improving in his, in his hand technique and, you know, his ability to catch the ball. The thing with me with Musgrave is I think he's a little bit of a projection right now, because mm-hmm. if you talk about his, his, his um, receiving ability in terms of being able to, um to run routes, uh, he's kind of basic in terms of like, his you know his deception uh something that that was more i was more notable at the senior bowl i felt like he was you know he was implementing more head fakes selling lies with his hips like there was definitely some upside there with him and i think yes very loose he drops his hips extremely well and i think with his potential blocking upside i think the aspect of musgrave's game that could cause him to fall a little bit for me is I don't think he's very good after the catch. I think he has some very bad contact balance in terms of being able to make guys miss and go through contact. That's something I value a lot in a tight end. But for me, when I, you know, when I wrote up Musgrave, like a lot of the things that stood out to me was I felt that he could be one of those guys who could really stretch you deep, but be able to like, line up out wide also be able to handle inline blocking he's definitely a guy that's there's a lot of mixed opinions on but overall i'm a decent fan of musgraves game and uh yeah after that like i think most people have the same number two tight end unless yeah unless you're like a unless you're you know you you feel a little differently about certain guys but for me, Michael Mayer is my number two tight end, and Mayer for me, like he reminds me so much of Heath Miller. I don't, I like Mayer running the four seven flat was perfect for me because mm-hmm. I don't think he's an explosive leaper. I think he's, I think he, I don't think he has a huge wings. That 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 was the thing that w- was concerning to me on film 
was I feel that his outside the frame catches are very constricted by his like his almost he almost has alligator arms is how I describe it with him because it's just so compactly built yes in a I, good way and a bad way yes yeah i completely agree and i honestly think it helps him with his blocking because god damn he's an amazing blocker <laughs> like in terms of being able to keep his you know his, his pad level low he fires his feet constantly his hand placement's really good he can handle like pass protection and run blocking and that's something not very many tight ends like even in the league can can do consistently and i think mayor is really nuanced as a receiver in terms of being able to run his routes like he's a guy who really understands the art of deception in terms of just being able to vary some you know vary changes with his pace and just like he you know you can line him up like in the slot and he can beat guys like like there's a play of him like he's lined up against daniel scott like in the red zone he sets him up just so beautifully. Daniel Scott ran like a 4-4-5, and he creates like five yards of separation. And that's the thing about Michael Mayer and the thing about tight ends is athleticism doesn't always translate to the position. There's a lot of guys, but I think there's a lot of overthink. If you overthink Mayer, I think it's because you want upside and you can see some of that upside with the guys below him, maybe on most of the rankings, like a Sam Laporta. But for me, Mayer just has a very translatable game. He reminds me so much of Heath Miller. It's not even funny. I see exactly the same traits with him. It's there's 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 some comparisons to Jason Witten, which I think are absolutely ludicrous because Witten was a much more ridiculous athlete. But for me, if you're asking about a floor in terms of tight end, there's no tight end with a better overall like complete floor blocking and receiving than Michael Mayer. Yeah, I, I agree with like a lot of what you said. We like definitely view him similarly, and like some of the stuff that you're mentioning, just like as far as like how he's being viewed a little bit in recent weeks. It feels like leading up to the draft. Mm-hmm. I feel like we do this every cycle too. Um, and like I said, I have some concerns. And like full disclosure, like I'm not as high on Mayor, even though he's my number two tight end in a really good class. Um, yeah. I'm not as high on Mayor as I thought I would have been two years ago. But I just think like sometimes we do this with prospects where you watch them more in depth yeah. after watching them live. It happens so it happens so often because and, and he's a guy that's been good for so long. Like yes. we've seen this dude for th- like what three years at Notre Dame be like an mm-hmm. impact player. Like he was he was an impact player from day one, and like that stuff still matters, man. Like when you go into a like situation um, as a freshman sophomore, like a younger dude, and like you look like a dude against competition like that, like. It absolutely matters. And it just feels like we, like, not you and I, but, like, the this industry, like, the draft industry, like, gets just, like, tired of these guys where they're, like, we know you've been good for three years. Like, now we just, like, go. I feel like some of his flaws are getting picked on, like, overboard, just in my opinion by some people. But I could, um, I could definitely see that, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, you know, Michael Mayer, uh, my number two tight end. This is actually a surprise to me. I, I – I had to go back and watch the film on both of these guys um, towards the very end. So it was um, definitely difficult decision-wise for me. Um, definitely not where I envisioned putting Mayer. I thought he was going to be number one for sure. But, um, you know, my, my notes on him, really straightforward match. A lot of what you said, just incredibly productive, love the frame, takes contact at the catch point. Dude, this dude's so freaking tough. Like, yeah. physicality, like, taking big hits, like, over the middle, like, absolutely fearless. Uh, he can sustain blocks, particularly against smaller defenders, runs his feet well on contact. Um, will use his hands to defeat press coverage, either in the slot or out wide. I really like that. Uh, you know, really competes when he's lined up in line, not overwhelmed completely by, like, defensive ends, like, bigger defenders. Uh, consistently falls forward after contact. I don't think he's the most, like – creative after the catch guy like he's not like obviously you mentioned some of the athletic stuff which i'll get to here in a second um not the most creative guy after the catch but like dude he's going to drag smaller defenders to first downs he's going to create those hidden yards he's always falling forward lot lot to work lot to like there um i like the way that he works to open spaces like open voids uh, in zone coverage makes himself really available for his quarterback um you know and again, like just use his hands to, you know, knock defenders off against press. That was something I noted like every game that I watched him. A technically refined route runner who can like stair step, set guys up, defeat leverage. Um, 
you know, just some of the just some of the negatives like that I thought of. Um, you know, sometimes his hands can get a little wide. I don't think he creates a ton of separation at the release um, with his release package. Just feels like sometimes he'll either try to like you know win with physicality where he's just trying to run through guys or you know using like just his hands to get guys off of him not necessarily as thoughtful at the line of scrimmage as you'd like to see um i just i don't think he's ever going to be a big separator i mean he really was a modest separator on film and that was probably like one of the things i guess i was maybe a little bit underwhelmed with just because my expectations for him were so high but i don't think he's going to be a big separator at the next level which definitely uh separation is king you hear me say that all the time i definitely think that that limits his um ceiling and then just Makes good he's contested not, catches, though, which is, like, a yeah, thing. Yeah, and he's, like, that's the thing, too. Like, I mentioned, like, how tough he is in, like, those contested catch situations. Like, for guys like that, like, at the tight end position, it doesn't matter as much for, like, receiver, um, in my opinion, separation-wise. But I don't think that that's ever going to be a strength. Um, you know, he could – he's already a good route runner and, like, a really experienced player. So I'm not really sure, like, how much better he's going to get in that regard. But I, I'm sure he will continue to get better. Um, and then just like the number one thing that like separated me from like the guy that we have number one, pretty sure that we both have the same player, um, is like, just does not have like the overwhelming athleticism or foot speed that you would necessarily like want for a tight end that you're going to take in the first round. I mean, he's a, he's just kind of like an average athlete, um, all in all. And like, that's that's fine um, because like you said, like he does like so much other stuff. Good. Like the film is really good. Like he blocks, he has a receiver, like he's very complete, complete in line high floor, high floor player. But like, I just, I don't like you look around at like the absolute best tight ends in the game. And I just, I, I don't know that he's ever going to be like absolutely elite because I don't know that he's the same athlete as a lot of those guys. But um, again, really good player. Um, absolutely. Somebody that I would like take, like, you know, inside the top 50 for sure. I mean, I don't know. Like some people are just getting wild with how far they're dropping him down the boards, but, um, but yeah, you want to talk about uh, Kincaid first or you want me to? Oh, uh, I think, I, I think I need to, I need, I think I need to do this one. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you rock out here. For, for me, Kincaid is one of the better tight ends I have watched in terms of just being a receiver like there's so much nuance to his game that i probably am going to fail horribly at explaining this but let me like to get it started like with me kincaid is that type of athlete who takes who is so fast through his route like just from when he starts and he stops but he is so good at being able to vary his pace but he's so twitched in how he does it so he can is the moment like he he sinks his hips and then he just kind of like flies out of his cut. That's the type of stuff where he creates like this huge separation. And then I don't think I've ever seen better hands on a tight end that I've scouted personally because Kincaid has perfect hands technique. He knows exactly how to track the ball, when to go up high, when to let it come into to his frame and you know make yards after the catch. There are some plays that Kincaid like makes. He'll have like a one-handed catch like behind his like you know like way behind him, and I'm just like, how the heck are you doing this? Like, why is this norm? Like, he dropped one, and I was like, oh, why did he catch this? And I'm like, like, there's just plays like that, and I think that's like one of the huge things about Kincaid. You talk about the receiving ability. It's it's it's. I don't want to say it's rare, but it's so polished and nuanced that it's it's hard to find many better receiving tight ends, especially when you combine his ability as a yak threat. The the yak threat is insane. He has so much contact balance. The way he can just like, like the way he can string cuts together as a tight end is crazy. Like he looks like Kelsey almost in the open field, the way he can make those cuts. And I don't like saying that lightly because like, you know, Kincaid's like shorter, you know, he's short, he's shorter in stature, but it's how loose like they are in the in the hips and just being able to just set up it's it's so nuanced in the way he can make those plays and you know you see Kincaid when he's spread out wide I saw him beat Christian Gonzalez across his face with you know with like a you know he had a foot fire release and then he ends up like swimming over him and I'm just you know there's like those plays with Kincaid that are just absolutely exceptional for me Kincaid is one of the better tight ends I've ever 
scouted and that's you know saying something Pitts is still the top grade because i don't think i've ever seen a tight end that's six six that can run four four flat but you know that's a topic for a different day and then there's a guy you know georgia we mentioned him brock powers who's basically a receiver over there but he can block like a tight end you know he blocks like a offensive lineman at times kincaid like he's not as I think there's a lot of people who say he's a, he's a liability, he's a blocker. I think when you ask him to pull and get out in space, he, he'll move guys. Like, he he does a good job. Like, I think his hand placement is overall fine. I think the biggest thing for me is he drops his head too often, so he doesn't see what he's hitting. I think he, I think he survives well as a run blocker, and I think there's things you could do with him situationally in that regard that I don't have as many concerns as other people. And I just think in terms of his ability to win against man coverage and the way he can just absolutely destroy leverage versus zone and find those soft spots. I've he, he consistently is working back to the quarterback in those situations where he, like where the quarterback is scrambling outside the pocket or something. And you know, it's out of structure. Kincaid is that guy for me. He's, he's the best tight end in this class and I, it's not close. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, like I said, this is a guy that I've liked for a long time. I mean, I, how many times have we talked about him through the season after we started this pod, um, just special performances from him, you know, think back to that USC game where he had like 300 and something yards and just like, absolutely, Crazy. uh, you know, absolutely just destroyed them in that primetime matchup. But, um, yeah, uh, the film is it's pretty dang good. I, I can't even lie. I, it's really, really good. Uh, I'll just go through like some of my quick notes, but obviously un- unbelievable receiving production over the course of his career at Utah. Uh, just absolutely the number one dude on, over the last two seasons. Incredibly productive, can handle like a high amount of volume. Very sure-handed guy with only a couple of drops over his entire career. I think like he literally only has like two drops over his last like 150 targets or something like that, which is just absurd. Very natural catcher with the football, good technique. He got the ball in um, very, very naturally. Um, can catch the ball away from his frame seamlessly. Um, hand-eye coordination is excellent, which you know pairs with having natural hands. But you know, just he can. He has no issues like when defenders kind of. Um, are trailing him and putting their arms up like he has no scent like he has like a really good feel for just like being able to pluck the ball out of the air or even like through contact I think he's a very I guess like instinctual runner after the catch like he is like a weird like I, I see what you're saying with the Kelsey thing but like he has a weird like sixth sense for like where defenders are when they're running behind him trying to catch him after the yes. catch and like he'll, you know, stop and start and just kind of like it's not like freaky athlete type. He transitions stuff. so well. Like yeah, I, I want to just mention yeah, this real I mean, quick. It's like when weird. he comes like when he like breaks back and he just like he immediately goes from like receiver to runner. Like it's yeah. it's Which, crazy the the abilities that he that he has as a as a runner. Yeah. I mean, then just that's not normal for what we typically see of tight ends. Uh, um, but I just, I think he's incredibly, uh, a, he's just a loose athlete who's just really fluid. Um, yes. He wins at all three levels, like before the catch, at the catch point. Um, and then after the catch, I think as a yak threat, um, the film is just, it's really good. <laughs> um, just with Kincaid, as a blocker, if you get him out in space, he is solid um i do think that he approaches blocks in space under control and that's something that i like about him like he rarely looks like just completely out of sorts or like you know he's just heading into like full head of steam like no idea on how to like break down or anything like that like he does that really well um in terms of like the negatives i don't really have a ton uh just because like he's just one of the few players like He's one of the players in this class I, I, I absolutely know, like, I feel like 100% sure of, like, what he's going to be at the next level. And I know that's, like, cocky to say that about your own evaluation, but, like, I just – I know that he's going to be a good receiver. He's going to be, like, a good number two option in an offense, like, as a receiver. Number two, number three option, that's what he's going to be. I don't think that he's – he is a good athlete. He's not a elite athlete. 
he doesn't have like a special type of gear like you mentioned with like Luke Musgrave, like straight line speed. Like I, I think he's a good athlete. Like he can run away from defenders, but he's not like a elite athlete even for the position. Um, I don't think his work as an inline blocker is great. Like that is not why you're drafting this dude. You're drafting this dude to like be able to put him in the slot and he can still win against like slot corners and safeties. Um, I think he competes. I, I enjoy that. Like watching him as a blocker, you know, he doesn't just completely lay down and I, I like his temperament there. I just don't really necessarily think that it's ever going to be there. He's a good route runner, uh, but I think that he could do a better job of, you know, setting up his route sometimes um maybe incorporate a little bit like more pace or reception um in his in his routes but overall don't really have a ton you know i feel like you know smaller guys he's able to run away from bigger guys like he can play through contact maybe he could get a little bit stronger but um overall really like don kincaid he's gonna be a good player i, I know that you, not to say your thunder but like i know that you said that you feel like he's like the best pass catcher overall uh even including the receivers in this yes. class which when you said that on Twitter, I was like thinking to myself, like, man, that's a lofty thing. But then when I was going through my rankings this week, like just like watching, um, I'd already seen Kincaid, obviously a lot live. But when I was going through, like I watched like one more game and I'm like, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Like for one, like me and you have both pretty much, I think, hammered this home. Like this receiver class is not that good. It's just not like I think people started to kind of catch on to that after the combine because they didn't as a group, they didn't test very well. But we've been saying like, the receiver classes are very underwhelming in terms of like when you compare it to recent classes and that just, it, that sometimes happens. Uh, that doesn't mean necessarily there won't be good players out of that group, but um, I definitely see what you're saying. And I completely agree. Like if you're just talking about a guy like receiving production, receiving ability, like how like their traits are going to translate to the next level. Kincaid to me has the easiest projection on what I feel comfortable that he's going to be um, for an NFL team. Yeah, like you mentioned that he could be like, you know, the number two outlet in, in most offenses. 100%. For for me, like I think Kincaid is that guy who should be like featured as like the one or the two. Cause like when I watch Kincaid, like I like Jordan Madison. I like Jackson Smith and Jigba. Those are good players. They they can sure. play really well. Yeah. But for me, Kincaid like looks like the feature, like he looks like the guy who can be the alpha in terms of beating coverage consistently, whether it be zone or man. And I, I value that a lot, especially with his ability to restem his routes versus zone. It's actually just insane. Like how good this dude is in understanding leverage. Yeah. Um, I think that about does it for us. I did want to give um, just the, the next guy on my list would have been Luke Musgrave. Um, I did want to like give just some like, just brief thoughts on him uh, real quick before we jump out of here. And then we'll, we'll kind of wrap this up, go through our list just for everybody kind of who stuck around, but um, Musgrave real quick, long strider, great speed, enormous wingspan to pluck the ball out of the air, uh, tracks the ball extremely well over his shoulder. He had a really clutch catch. I think it was against Fresno this year, late in the game. Like he was running like a deep sail route and they threw in the ball. There was like 15 seconds left in the game. Yeah. He came down with like a, like a, great catch over his shoulder like in a clutch moment to set them up for a field goal um no fear in the middle of the field like he adjusted the he adjusted the ball really well really good body control um thinks that he, I, I think he'll hold on to the ball through traffic uh fairly well he'll take contact um after the catch you know complete the catch to the ground really bursty through his route breaks i mean like i don't think that he's necessarily a great route runner. I would agree with you in that regard. Uh, but like once he gets out of his break, it's like, it's all gas. And yes. like, there is a noticeable, there's noticeable juice there. Um, at the hand, at the line of scrimmage, I feel like he uses hands to defeat press coverage. He's a really good effort blocker with good hand placement. Um, I just, I don't know what to do with him. I, I just think that he's definitely a guy. Um, I have no problem. Like he's even a guy that I think is going to be like top 50 ish for me. But um, I don't have a problem with like the projection itself because of the athletic traits. And I, I get what you're wanting out of him. I just don't know the value of a player like that because I don't think he's a very good blocker. And I wouldn't say that like he's like a just a complete liability to where it's going to keep him off the field. I just don't I don't know if he's ever going to be a true inline guy. Like I see him like almost more as like a big slot receiver um, and then just 
production to me is like only like a part of my evaluation. Um, but like when you compare him with guys like in this class, like Kincaid, obviously unbelievable production. Uh, Michael Mayer, really good production. Even guys like Sam Laporta, who I really, really like, like clear number one dudes on their offense. Musgrave looked like he was going to be that for the first two games of the season. You know, he had like 80 yards each of his first like two games. Looked like he was going to be a big thing. But, you know, he's an older prospect who I think is going to be like 23, 24. I think 24 maybe. Yeah. Um, um, check this real quick. Like, I just – I don't know. I, I For a guy that only caught 22 passes, that was his career high. And, you know, he – I think – that was the only season he was. He was a four year guy, I think, at Oregon State. That was the only season he topped like twelve catches. There's just not a lot of production across the board. There's no contested catch opportunities that I could find like on film. So I don't know if he's good at the. I don't really know if he's good in those contested catch like 50-50 situations. Um, I think his feet just die in the red game. Like he makes contact with guys and like just instantly stops his feet and like guys just sling him to the turf. Um, so I don't know. He was a different one. He was a difficult one for me. Like when comparing him with like Tucker Craft, that was probably like the four and five or the five and six rankings. Um, I just went with Craft because I just I see more upside there, honestly, like as a more complete player. Um, Musgrave, I get it athletically. I, I I understand like what you're wanting to do. It's just like those types of players maybe they scare me a little bit. There's a little bit more vast range of outcomes. There's some other guys that are in this class. You talked about several of them. Schoonmaker was a guy that I thought was really good at the Shrine Bowl. Um, you know, um, the Koontz kid from Old Dominion, I watched him uh, last night. Uh, very different type of athlete for the position. Um, very good athlete. Um, there was a couple other guys that I watched that I was, like, reasonably intrigued with. But, yeah, I mean, really good class overall. I, I definitely think that this is going to be a group that's going to produce, uh, you know, maybe as many as, like, five, six starters. I mean, obviously that's optimistic because the draft, like, I try to, like, warn people too, like, as much as I love the draft and, like, I know you feel the same way, but, like, not all prospects pan out. Like, even prospects that you like, like, you're going to miss and, like, even – you know, a 50% success rate for the first round. I mean, that's that's pretty good normally for uh, NFL teams. Like, a lot of first-rounders, even, like, day to one, day two guys don't pan out. But I really am pretty comfortable with my projections for this position group. It's, it's a very straightforward class, um, but I, I definitely think it has a lot of value for teams, especially, like, looking for, um, you know, to add depth to that position. So um i think that pretty much does it for us uh we appreciate you guys you know tuning in a little bit of a longer episode um you know we're gonna start hammering these position rankings like heading into the the draft uh weekend really excited about that i hope that you guys can probably i mean i'm sure y'all can but hope that y'all can see you know the excitement the enthusiasm from us uh we really enjoy like breaking these guys down watching their tape you know communicating our thoughts with you all so um hopefully y'all love the content It's, it's a really fun this is the Really, really fun part of draft season, you know, the two months leading up to it where, like, I don't ever sleep and all I do is, like, watch film and talk Same. about prospects. It's, a, it's awesome. Uh, I have no complaints um, from that perspective. But just be sure, um, you know, if you're listening, um, you know, be sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Um, And then we will see you guys next week. Y'all have a good week.